There's this place under the boughs of a large tree. It looks over Utah Valley and has wind chimes close by. It's fairly secluded, so I've spent many hours on the grass watching the wind move through the leaves, contemplating the gnarly, jacked-up parts of my life, as well as relishing in the peace and contentment of the sun on my face and the breeze in my hair. The dead bodies that are scattered beneath the ground around me have heard all the musings of my heart, both the troubled and the lighthearted. I find solace among the dead. I will even stop on my travels to pull over at a cemetery. My favorite are the insanely old ones. I'll walk the grounds far too long, studying the headstones, trying to imagine them as real people, what their stories might have been. How many things do you think we've left unsaid, buried in the ground? How many things have gone unheard? How many regrets have been manifested with those that are living, standing over them wishing they had more time to make it right? How many return to the earth with their greatest wish unfulfilled, their true purpose never even realized? How many of those who walk those grounds feel more like the dead underneath than they do like the living? My guess, billions of us. The cemetery. I hate it and I love it. It calls to me and it haunts me. I want to scream curse words at the stones, and I want to quietly whisper sweet nothings into the grass, hoping they reach the ears beneath that ceased hearing a long time ago. What the cemetery does for me that I'm grateful for is that it provides strong clarity around what I'm mourning. How many of us mourn without that clarity? How many of us grieve with no cemetery to visit? How many of us don't have a headstone with the words etched carefully into its face, as to who or what lies six feet beneath. How many of us can't take flowers and pay our respects to our greatest loss? How many of us have living losses that we don't even realize haunt us, just begging for the acknowledgement that it died long ago? Again, my guess is billions of us. The grassy earth riddled with engraved stones that proved a life existed has taught me so much. It has taught me the power that comes from graves, from burials, from headstones, from the ritual of visiting the dead. I realized in time that I had much more to grieve than a husband and a son. Much, much, much more. Going to the cemetery as a dutiful widow and then as a broken-hearted mother taught me the all-important process of grieving. Mimicking this act, I've been able to grieve hundreds of things, things much smaller and even some bigger than those two bodies the ground has claimed as their own. My question to you, friend, is this. What in your life needs a grave? What in your life needs to be acknowledged and clear enough to construct a headstone about? What in your life needs to go through the honor and the horror of a burial? What in your life needs to be paid its respects of just how much it has impacted you painfully? I've had to bury friends that are still alive, versions of myself I can't get back, many, many plans that never came to be, Ideas about myself and others that proved to be untrue. Versions of myself that ceased to exist. What I thought was true love. Dead relationships that taught me so much but ravaged the way I saw myself. The belief I could control my world. The idea that I can save someone. The perfect person I want to be in my head. And most powerfully, futures I wanted so, so badly that were not meant for me at all. Over the years... I've amassed quite my own cemetery. 
In my mind, it has beautiful, ornate headstones shooting from the ground to the heavens, inscribed with my favorite poetry and sediments and figurines, although some are small and simple with just a few words. It has beautiful trees and benches, water nearby, and butterflies endlessly circling because, well, butterflies. At night, there are fireflies, cricket symphonies, and strands and strands of soft white lights twinkling in the branches. I sometimes walk through my cemetery solemnly, gliding my hands across the stone surfaces as I meander through the sea of sadness. Other times, I look at particular stones and allow the familiar heat of grief rage, because that's a thing, rise within me like fire. Still other times, I can sit crisscross applesauce at the edge of the field, looking over my vast collection of loss like a proud mother, grateful to have survived and to have such tangible proof that I have lived a life so big and so full of love and hopes and dreams that I even had this much to lose it all. Many of these stones mark the death of myself. Many versions of myself have been laid to rest here. Parts of myself that I can never get back. Some parts I long to return to. Some parts I was eager to bury. But there is beauty in my collection of loss, not of dead people, but of dead ideas, hopes, dreams, pasts, and futures. If you have things that need burying, pro tip, we all do. This is my personal recipe that has resulted in healing for me. One, identify what needs to be mourned. Identify what you have lost in your life but haven't given the respect of a mourning process to. Identify it clearly enough to make a headstone. And number two is make a headstone. Not just any headstone, one that is worthy of that loss. What would be etched in its stone? What symbols, statues, or colors would you design? Three, have a burial and prepare a eulogy. Invite the trusted people in your life into this space with you if needed. Share with them what you have lost, how it's affected you, how badly you wish this was not the outcome. If it's just you at that graveside, that's okay too. Just make sure you can speak to the loss sufficiently. Having others witness and validate your loss can be extremely helpful. Four, honor it. By honoring your loss, you give it its rightful place in your life. When you honor it by giving it its own spot in your cemetery, you're allowing yourself the ability to recognize and learn and come to understand all the ways in which this loss has changed you. Some in amazing, powerful ways, some not so much. It's an important marker in your journey to your best self. It deserves the honor of a spot in the graveyard. You also get to honor your survival of such a thing. It's something to be proud of. Five, lower your loss into the ground. Pile the earth on top. This is the soul-wrenching, powerful work, and it's best if you do it by hand. It signifies your separation from the thing as only a part of your story, not the story itself. And once you do that, it gives you permission to continue living and constructing the story as you come back to the cemetery to visit this loss. It is laid down so you no longer need to carry it everywhere you go. Set it down. Lower it into the ground. Six, set your headstone. It's important that it's marked so you can return to it over and over again as needed and be reminded of the feelings and experiences written all over the stone. Seven, keep visiting. You'll have days that the loss rises within you again and all the complicated feelings that accompany it. Return to the spot, bring flowers, give the loss the attention it's seeking. Take your favorite trinket to leave at its base. Pay your respects by visiting as much as you feel you need to. Eight, tend to your cemetery. Even when it's not a particular 
even when it's not a particular loss that pulls you there, visit to tend to the grounds, pull weeds, plant flowers, dust off the stones, whatever you feel is right for you. This is your cemetery. It's your life and they're your losses. Hang things in the trees that bring you peace. Do you. But my friend, neglected cemeteries with forgotten headstones and overgrown grass will bring sadness that weighs us down and we won't even understand why we feel so heavy. Lastly, and this is important, go home. There's still so much, so much in life that is alive and breathing and waiting to be discovered. There are people and situations and adventures still to be enjoyed and loved. There are new futures to create, new dreams to dream, and new understandings and belief systems to gain. The world outside your cemetery is brimming with things to be grateful for and brand new things to love and lose. I hope this is helpful. I've learned this by doing it, by literally actually doing this process, grieving the death of a husband and a child has given me the powerful understanding that this can be done, that it must be done for all the things we've lost. It has set me free of overwhelming layers of loss because now I have a place to set them down and visit them. It has provided healing in a way I couldn't find anywhere else doing anything else. It has allowed me to live a life of parallel truths. There is much to grieve and there is much to celebrate. A cemetery in our heart and mind helps us know the difference. If you need help with this process, consider involving a counselor. 100%, I couldn't have identified all my headstones without that help. You are loved, you are needed, you are worthy. Get to work constructing a badass, beautiful, rad, gnarly cemetery. It will be one of the crowning achievements of your life. You'll be surprised to find that you'll begin to look forward to visiting. It'll be proof that you showed up and loved hard and lost hard, for you cannot love hard without loss falling closely at its heels. And loving hard, my friends, is one of life's grandest adventures. So lose, bury, mourn, love so hard, and repeat over and over. The love part and the lessons learned from loss is still worth it. So I'm Leanne, and that's something I wrote recently. And I think that that gives pretty good insight into my story. So my hope with this podcast is that we can laugh a lot. We can talk with some really rad people. We can be sometimes kind of uncomfortably real, be crazy honest with ourselves, and maybe be a bit irreverent while we do it. Cool? So keep grieving like a badass because I see you, I stand with you, and you definitely are not alone. Thank you.